Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. you date me a podcast where me Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single even though if you uh, threw a glass bottle at my head I would still say yum 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 I'm in love my guess you've seen her on shrill Bojack Horseman I think you should leave high maintenance search party broad city it is a Patty Harrison hi <laughs> Patty, how are you? I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm feeling today is uh, nice. I yeah. I guess I guess uh, I haven't had uh, coffee in a while, and mm-hmm. uh, so I'm trying I'm trying that again. I I quit it, and then I started it, and then I restarted it, and then I quit it again. <laughs> um, so I, that's what I'm. It's not as bad as the last time I quit drinking coffee, I guess. Uh, the withdrawal sores. Why did you quit drinking coffee? Did you feel as if you were addicted? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It just like it made I just always had like long term, I guess, diarrhea. Okay. And I have IBS and I'm lactose intolerant. So there's a lot of like different things that can like give me diarrhea. And I've just perpetually had diarrhea and accepted it as like the way that I shit Mm -hmm. and then I'm like oh yeah I drink maybe like four or five cups of coffee a day I'm always tired I never feel like energized by it I feel really jittery and um and like strung out 
So I was like, maybe if I just quit coffee to see what would happen, that would mm-hmm. be. And then like the it it actually I did feel like better. And also when I would randomly have like a cup of coffee, like after not drinking coffee for like two months, it was it did the thing that I wanted coffee to do, which is like pet me up because it didn't do that anymore. So thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, and <laughs> thank this you is for really being fun. Here. <laughs> I'm people go. Uh, really want to hear about the coffee. But I have a question. Do you have ADD maybe? I do. I have ADD and coffee doesn't really do anything for me. At this point I think I just drink it because of routine. Yeah. It doesn't keep me awake. It really, I love, my favorite thing to do is to like pound a coffee at 1 p.m. and immediately go to sleep for three hours and wake (laughs) up and just the room is spinning and I feel like shit and then I go back to sleep and then I wake up at like 9 p.m. and then I'm up until 6 a.m. And then that's. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like (laughs) exactly what happened to me yesterday. Yesterday I drank some coffee at like 1.30 and then, well, I didn't take a nap immediately. I took a nap at like 8 And then I, okay, full disclosure, I was masturbating at eight and then I fell asleep with my magic wand, right? It wasn't on. It was just off, just on my fucking clit. And then I woke up an hour later and was like, oh boy, you can't even stay awake to fucking come. (laughs) You know, this year's been interesting. Well, is it kind of like one of those things where you, you set it up for like when you wake up? It's like you just turn it on, you go to sleep, and then when you wake up, you have you have come, and you're like, "Oh, great, I got it over with." I wish, I wish I was that. Uh, I had that fortitude, but no, I just truly passed out, and then woke up. I was like, "Oh no, well, I guess it's not what I wanted to do at that moment." So I left it alone. It is cool that masturbating uh, has kind of blurred into all of the other <laughs> shit that I hate uh, in, to do in lockdown that just is something that I continue to um, to violently do way mm-hmm. too much all the time. Violently is a very, very good word to describe what I'm doing alone at home. <laughs> Patty, I have a question. So mm-hmm. I asked you to do Zipakist and you said... Hell yeah. Does it matter that I've been married for 20 years to the person I lost my virginity to and I've never dated anyone else? And I said, it doesn't, even if this is a bit. And then you said, I'll let my husband know. And I still don't know if this is a bit or not. <laughs> it's a bit. Oh, okay. 100%. Okay. I'm, I, yeah, I've, I've never been married, unfortunately. And, um, I mean, I, would love if that were my truth. I wish it weren't a joke. I wish I, the person I lost my virginity to was my husband and that I had to ask him permission to be on podcasts. But sadly. Nope. I couldn't even imagine that life. Honey, can I do this? It just, it blows my mind that some people live that way. Yeah. And even just being like, hey, um, you know, I don't. I don't even care if you do it. It's just nice if you check in and let me know. It's like that <laughs> level of like. Yeah, is like more insidious to me. Do you watch any of the ninety day fiance franchises? I don't. That is the one where it's. Is that the one where it's um, immigrants to trying to get citizenship? Yeah, it's almost anti-immigration propaganda, if you will. 
But if yeah. you push that aside, what a fun treat to watch. <laughs> I watched I have watched like a couple of episodes and it was so insane. I could I see I'm not a big reality TV person. Mm-hmm. I have there are specific shows that I've watched. I watched um Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Um and I watched Love on the Spectrum, but I haven't, I know like everyone around me is obsessed with 90 Day Fiance and I think it would be a very like vortex like experience for me that if I started. It fully is. It is very insidious. You watch one episode, you're like, these people are literally out of their minds. This is wild. I have to watch another. And then you get sucked into the spinoffs. I watch all the spinoffs. And there was an episode where one of the people was married She's from the Philippines. He's from here. She was having a girls night with her sister-in-law. And then her husband went to the club to pick her up to be like, I think you've had too much fun. And it's time for you to go home because you need to be a classy woman. And I was like, wait, why are why aren't more people upset? There's one person screaming, but I was like, everyone should be screaming. This is nuts. Yeah, that is like middle school, seventh grade chaperone level, like control like you're like a marionette basically at that point that and but that you're the you're a puppet that like fucks your yeah ventriloquist at that point you're like a sex doll because he also was like don't curl your hair uh don't wear tight clothes it was just a lot of rules that i was like the world has so many rules why would you want the person you're with to uh, put more rules on you yeah i'm like uh, that is something that is a reason why I kind of like didn't jump into that show as I imagine it's a lot of like I know that there are like American women that are dating immigrant men but the men like American men who like have this idea of like having their mail order concubine sort of thing is is disturbing to me and that I'm like yeah I'm I'm I anticipated that I was gonna watch like a man be like okay it's 7 p.m time to get into your silky little monogram nighty and you clean the floor while I whack off I'm sure that doesn't happen in the (laughs) show but well they haven't shown that and I say yet because the show (laughs) is truly wild and anything can happen well, you know, let's go into a pitch meeting. Like, <laughs> things we've yet to see that we could actually imagine happening on the show that we think viewers would really, you know, think viewers would say it would pay off to see that mm-hmm. happen. They'd be like, mm, I didn't like it at first, but then I was sucked in and I love watching what happens at 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, what What is it about the show that you love so much? I guess I really love watching... I think I like watching unreasonable people. It's kind of like improv. You have your wackadoo character and then you have your straight man. So the couples are the wackadoo characters and then every part of their family are the straight men being like, why are you doing this? They just ask the questions that the viewer wants to know and nobody ever has answers and it's a full-blown disaster. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of stabilizing for you. Yeah, and I guess it's like, I have such little control in my life right now, I'll watch these people be full-blown out of control. And I go, you know, that was entertaining. And and I know it's not, like, real, real. That's the thing with, like, reality. It's like, not everything is super real. 
But also, the more we find out about what happens, like, after the camera stop rolling, it gets darker and darker, and I just try to push that aside. I don't even know if you can push it aside. I think you just gotta dive in. Yeah, I try not to look at what they do outside the show because it's so fucked up sometimes. Yeah, I mean, so I was turned on turned on to a uh, bad girls club. Ah, yes. And I never watched it. I knew it existed. And then um, Z-Way was like, you should watch this show. It's got like stuff in it that you may like. And I was like, I doubt that this seems like it's like a trauma, like man- pe- like just traumatized people who are man- yes. hyper manipulated into these situations that it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like, because I know about like The Bachelor and how those girls were, you know, the producers like manipulated and like mm-hmm. really basically agitated them and facilitated these this environment of like complete disorientation or whatever so that they're all like they have access to alcohol 24-7. They're like all really hungry. They can't like <laughs> see what's happening in the outer outside world. So it just like makes them manic. And like I'm imagine that like at least in the show like the bachelor there's like a better chance that not everyone has like debilitating childhood trauma and it's like mm-hmm. bad girls club is like it since that's like the prereq or something yeah it's almost as it, if it's during like, casting the first question is are you a little unhinged with childhood trauma and if you say yes you're put into the pile of yeses and if you go oh no i go to therapy and i'm pretty well adjusted they're like this is not the show for you <laughs> yeah they're like but but would would you ever fuck your therapist? Like, what what do you think about your therapist? Don't don't you think she could be a, a kind of a like a twatty cunty liar too? <laughs> but the thing that uh, sucks is that I had to buy it on like mm. on Amazon Prime on my TV and to watch it because I couldn't like I was like too lazy I guess to find a place to stream it for free. So mm-hmm. I bought the whole all of season four Ooh. and now and I watched a. A couple of episodes of it and I was like this is really depressing but now I feel obligated to finish it because I paid for the whole season yeah, you spent the money so you yeah. might as well just get into it that's that's true thank you Nicole you're welcome I'm here to shepherd you into trash television yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be new I'm gonna be new <laughs> the next time you talk to me you're gonna be like I've seen the whole thing I'm not a better person for it but I was entertained for hours <laughs> the next time you see me I'm wearing like a like a long a baby doll tee that goes like really long and then like but I'm wearing low rise like like distressed I'm wearing a low rise distressed denim skirt but it's super low rise so you can see my hip bones but it's like <laughs> that like weird strip right above your genitals but below your belly button that's showing mm-hmm. and then I'm wearing I have like that like weird kind of like scene emo tease where it's like a side part in the back's like all <laughs> like teased up do you know what I'm talking about Absolutely I had my hair like that it was like the posh spice angular cut where it's longer in the front yeah. Shavy short in the back and you spike it up. <laughs> were you were you emo or seen or I don't think I could call myself fully seen or fully emo. I like pop emo. Like I was supposed to see my chemical romance this year, but oh. you know, Corona took that away from me. Yeah. There that it's it there was like a lot of weird kind of like all 
indie pop rock re revival. Like yes. there's this ba- like Armor for Sleep. Did you ever listen to Armor for Sleep? No, I don't know Armor for Sleep. They're they're like I think they're like they're a bunch of bands on this. Uh, I think they were on Equal Vision Records. I don't know. There were a bunch of bands on this label that I really liked, and they're, it's just like emo pop, poppy indie rock that's like super catchy. And they were doing a reunion tour this year. And were you going to go? It's, yeah, it's one of the worst things yeah, ever A lot of my uh, in person crowd plans, and by a lot, all of them are gone. <laughs> and I know everyone else's is too, but I do keep saying to my therapist, I've been affected. And she's like, Yes, Nicole, this is the space for you to say that. <laughs> Just don't go out into the world screaming, I'm I'm affected by this. <laughs> you look at you look uh, at your like therapist's sleeve and right inside their jacket, you see like a neon wristband because they just like secretly returned from like Electric <laughs> Forest Music Festival and they're like Oh yeah, she like went and saw Smash Mouth. I believe Smash Mouth had a concert uh, <laughs> during Corona because they're all stars. That checks out. I <laughs> my friend saw Smash Mouth like a couple of years ago, and she said they opened and closed with Rockstar or All Star. That that truly sounds like a delight and a treat. And I don't. I would leave in the middle because I don't know any of their other songs. Yeah, you come for the beginning. <laughs> Knowing that, you uh-huh. show up, and then you leave, you go to a bar, you get mm-hmm. like a couple of like mudslides, and then... Ooh, a mudslide. I assume if you're going to go see, if you're if you're seeing Smash Mouth, you're probably like a huge fan of mudslides. Or you're like, like, I like ice cream with my alcohol. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, what is it? What uh, uh, I believe not it's a like immersive experience. I yes, guess. that is a very immersive experience to have Bailey's ice cream, chocolate syrup, and then maybe a liquor. I don't remember. I actually, I think it's like rum, right? All yeah, those drinks are like, like rum, rum, rum and like Ooh. moose tracks ice cream. <laughs> moose tracks ice cream. <laughs> Patty, are you single right now? I am. Are you on the apps? I am. I have been for forever. Which ones are you on? I'm on Tinder and I'm on Hinge and Raya and mm-hmm. this app called Field. And then I have Bumble, but I don't really use it. And then I was on Grinder for like a month and it was a nightmare. And then I, I so, but I've been like, Wait, why was Grinder a nightmare? Because I oftentimes would be like, I wish there was a Grinder for me, where it tells me <laughs> by the foot where somebody is. I think it like I think it that's like the the one amazing uh, feature of Grinder. Mm-hmm. I remember I downloaded it one time. I was I had just like broken up with my ex boyfriend at the time and was on a work trip in like Atlanta and was staying at a hotel. And so I downloaded Grindr because I'd never downloaded it. And I was very hesitant to use it because like I knew of other trans women who like used it and they it, they were like, it's a pretty hellish experience mm-hmm. for trans women. But like the other dating apps don't really do a good job of like letting you find men who are like trans amorous or like attracted to trans mm-hmm. women on other apps it's like it's gotten a little better on like tinder and stuff but like grinder's like one of the few apps that lets men specifically 
find trans women if they're interested in it versus like if I'm on Tinder or like Bumble, Bumble and has been kind of a nightmare. Hinge has been kind of a nightmare in that like on Tinder, I can put that I'm transgender like right on top of my profile. So it's like there are guys that, you know, swipe for your pictures and then they don't read that I'm trans or whatever. And then I'll get like a message that's like not into trannies or like, oh, like not into. So it's like that risk is there and it like is Mm -hmm. it just is shitty. But like but on apps like Bumble, your information is like down yeah it's like you just swipe through pictures and the little prompts or whatever and then it's it's pretty far down so it's like the odds of guys reading that i'm trans is like way less and also i have to be the first person to message so it's like Mm -hmm. on tinder at least it's like i think usually guys will message first so it's like if i got if a guy doesn't message me after they've matched with me there's probably a good chance they were just swiping and they didn't read that i was trans and then they read after the fact and they're like okay, I'm not going to engage with it, which is, like, great. Like, I don't have to, like, deal with that. But, like, Bumble, it's, like, I have to message those guys because I don't Mm -hmm. know if they read or not. And so it creates, like, more of a situation where I'm, like, hey, what's up? Hi, how are you doing? How's your day? And it's, like, I don't date trannies. And it's, like, okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Can I can I actually like just take you out to coffee as friends and pick your mm-hmm. brain about your amazing personality? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Grinder supposedly they were like, m- my trans female friends were like, it's cause it's mostly gay men. And then there are men that are like looking to meet trans women, but Grinder the atmosphere of Grinder is so hypersexual that like a lot of the guys on Grinder who are looking to meet trans women are like are like discreet or like DL or they're like mm-hmm. they're not out. They're like trying to look to hook up with trans women in secret. And a lot mm-hmm. of those guys are scary. They're like yeah. usually it's because they haven't like dealt with their sexuality or like, you know, they're like just in the closet completely and so scared of people finding out that like those are the guys that like beat up and like kill trans women out of like panic Mm -hmm. so it's like in that situation those are also there's also just like a lot of men in like a hypersexual app like grinder who like their only frame of reference for trans women is like porn so they like immediately like blast you with like pictures of their like gaping assholes oh boy or like just like they're like really like blood red pruny dicks and it's like <laughs> and there's no filter it's like i can't it's like i can't really put that i don't want messages you can't say yeah you can't pick and choose yeah i can't be like i don't want a message from like a 64 year old man mm-hmm. uh, who, who's being like I beckon your she-cock. Come to me, gorgeous <laughs> tranny. So, but also don't tell my wife and kids. It's like very, it's it's a degrading, mm-hmm. um, like pretty, it's a gauntlet. It, fe- it feels it really bad. truly hellish. And real quick, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. I've had some uh, sensitive trans conversations where I've had guests say things and I haven't corrected them. You've said tranny a couple of times. That's bad. Yes. It uh, tranny is a bad word to say in for I guess people who like aren't trans. Okay, and, so it's like the N word for me where I can say it, and maybe well, I wouldn't want other friends to say it. So it's like 
It's sorry if you have if this is the no, stupidest no, question. Not at, all. not at all. It's it's about I think like I would never say the T word is like bad as the N word or something like that. I mm-hmm. think it's like it depends on how you're talking about it. Like I've been around gay friends who will be talking and they'll be like, oh, there were like a bunch of trannies over there, like mm-hmm. in front of me. And I'm like, don't say that. Like, because it's it's it is a derogatory word and it's a word used to kind of like historically, especially in the TV and like film and shit. It's like a joke. It's like a joke word meant to just like degrade and belittle this person. Yeah. And there's like, you know, it's when I when I use it, I'm talking about like the way these men speak to me and they and it's like tranny porn. It's like shemale porn. Like mm-hmm. I would never use I would never use the word shemale to gen like sincerely to gender describe. somebody, but to describe the type of porn that people watch. Not to transplain, but I watch Disclosure and it's mind boggling how trans people are presented in our media. Even now, it's fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think with anything, any public conversation, there's like, I guess we're at the advent of the conversation breaking into the mainstream. There's like the pendulum swing of, it's like there's overcorrection. So it's like before the... Before the representation was so bad, it it was just like every like trans trans knees are are like chicks with dicks and like a, purely a punchline, and then there's this push to like, I think with any like social movement, there's like a push in the media to capitalize on it. Like mm-hmm. so, it's like now it's like I feel like there's an there's so much people wanting to make programming that's like overly sympathetic where it's like they only want to make shows about like trauma like the trans trauma and like that that's your narrative is that it's all trauma all the time and I think that's also not healthy like I think those stories are real is Mm -hmm. like there are real stories about like like that are important to be told about like um the the lived experiences of trans people and the violence and the struggle that that is dealt with because of society and like social mores and stuff like that but i i think when you're only given that narrative and like they're only they will only tell those stories they'll only green light those stories but they won't green light like other stories that don't have to do with like their perception of what your identity is i think it's like very psychologically harmful to the demographic of people who are actually like a part like trans actual trans people like if you're a trans person and you're (laughs) you're only you're in like a small town or something and your only frame of reference for what your identity is is like tv or like whatever and you're only seeing either trans people being like used as a joke or that like you're just getting brutalized and beat and raped all the time and murdered. It's like, oh, my life trajectory is going to be a dark one. I think mm-hmm. it's psychologically very harmful. Yeah, it's 
it's very it's very curious. It's a lot like a, I don't want to say like the black experience. There's similarities where like I had said to a friend, I think this was around the time 12 Years a Slave had come out. And I had said I was like, I don't think I want to watch this. I don't think I need to watch another slave movie. I wish more joyful things were created for black people. And my friend, without <laughs> irony, truly looked at me and said, well, if they don't keep making them, we'll forget about them. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'll forget about it in the same way. I don't think trans people will forget that they're brutalized so much. Yeah. I would love to see, which is why like, I appreciate the parts you play like in a simple favor. It, there's no mention. It's your person who exists in that world. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you. It was one like truly the one of subtextually the most important character in that movie I play like kind of the most pivotal <laughs> character even though I am on screen for one full second uh, I will say that my character kind of drives the story and is kind of the backstory it does too. drive the story yeah. uh, you are the backbone of that movie but I just thought it was funny that like you got to pop in be funny and leave and we didn't it wasn't belabored it wasn't talked about it's like it is it's the main goal, I think, of my career. And yeah, I mean, that idea of like, it's like, I don't need to watch this. Like, uh, th this isn't for me, even though it's mm -hmm. like a, about like what their perception of what I am is this like these movies and these TV shows are making. I was like, this isn't for me. Like, I don't I already like kind of I get it and I mm -hmm. don't need to like re-experience it. I, and it's like representation I think that is like one of the pitfalls of like the clunky overcorrection of like people scrambling to try and like okay well like we need to be more diverse and it's mm -hmm. like if if the person who's like doing the green lighting at some like development like like studio or someone who's in development at like a studio is like a well-to-do or well-meaning like older white guy who's like I see, I see like trans women. I've seen them uh, before as like, you know, uh, as sex workers. And that's kind of it. And then it's like, so I'll green light a whole series just like only about that. And it's like, not all representation is great representation. Mm -hmm. And like, there are 100% trans women who are sex workers. That's like a real yes. experience. And that has a lot to do with the way our society like boxes out and marginalizes trans people. And like, does it like a lot of people don't have access or it's like still legal for them to get fired for being or not hired to, for being trans. So it's like those stories are valid, but it's like getting to make other stories that are not defined by like, other people's one-dimensional perceptions of who they think you are versus like what you actually want to do with your life and what your aspirations are outside of that. It's like, that's the, that would be the dream is to make something that's like not anything at all to do with it. And it's like, it's not even that it's like, I want to play like cis characters or anything like that. It's like, I would love to just not, have it be shoehorned and so I've gotten the opportunity mm -hmm. to do that a couple times and that's been like the most rewarding thing because it, it didn't it honestly there was a point when it didn't feel like that would ever happen yeah it's uh it's very interesting that white privilege and like systemic racism truly trickles down via everything in our society I mean I think I've said this on the podcast a hundred times but when 
I started writing scripts I and like auditioning for stuff and casting stuff. I didn't know that if you didn't say not white, the default is to just see white people because that is the default. That is the norm. And if you don't notate that in a script, the casting will not <laughs> go out of their way. And I don't want to say all casting, but that's like kind of the norm. They don't go out of their way to look for people of color or other marginalized people. And that's just, it's so fucking wild yeah, to me. It, and that is such a like kind of more insidious that I, I feel like I keep throwing around the word insidious, but it is like, it's a good it, word. Also a good <laughs> horror series. I've seen them all. It's, it seems like, a, and I know this is an aside, but I feel like uh, it seems like that's a series that I would watch. And while I'm watching it, I'm like, this is so fucking corny and stupid. Ha ha. Look at their dumb asses. And uh-huh. then when I go to sleep yep. that later that night, I'm like, it's in the room and I deserve to die for being a bitch when I watched it. That's exactly what happened. Who and I watched them. Okay, wait. I I was going to ask which one is is your if I should I start watching them. I personally really liked them. I thought they were spooky ooky and I liked them. Uh, I could not tell you what happens in any of them because I watched them in succession. So so yes. Succession? Yes. Succession? Yeah. Back to back. That that checks out. I did that with um I did that with Fast and Furious. They're my favorite movies. I fucking love them. They're amazing. They're really great movies. I couldn't imagine having to direct like a car race scene. I have no idea. I have no, I would love to see the scripts because I'm like, does this script say car flies into the sky, Vin Diesel hangs on to a, or no, The Rock hangs on to a helicopter, car explodes. Like, how does that written yeah. in the script? Well, I, I feel like anytime I've tried to write something in a script like that is like a, some sort of like dialogueless action sequence or there's just like a lot of action. Mm-hmm. The notes I always get back are like, this is too, there's too much description happening here. You need it. And I'm like, but the, in the movie, this is literally like, like the, there's no dialogue. It's like the rock literally like on a tank that's like flying off a bridge. And like Michelle Rodriguez is just like hanging on to like a car or something. And it's like, <laughs> how was that? Was it just like she on car, he fly, explode, he fall, boom, Big boom, boom, boom. And then they're just like, yeah, we'll figure it out on, in the storyboarding, I guess, or something. <laughs> Honestly, maybe, because that's a note I've gotten a lot where I'm like, but nothing happened. Okay, all right, there's just no dialogue here. <laughs> it's been it's been a real, like, 180 experience, like, understanding, or I guess coming to appreciate movies like that, where I'm just like, those movies are so, watching them the first time around, being like, these are really dumb, and then being like, oh, these were probably so crazy to act and difficult to actually make it's kind of insane that they were able to like get this shot of like a car driving under a semi like bed a moving semi truck like on the highway i took sashir my friend to see the eighth one and she did oh no i went to i took her to see hobbs and shaw and she didn't want to see it and then during the movie was like going like oh ah because she talks yeah. a lot during movies and then after we left she was like that was fun as hell i was like yeah these movies are yeah, so much fun it's like why i i mean you can you can watch like i don't know the, i'm not going to those movies to feel like connected to anything <laughs> i'm not i'm not trying to feel like human watching those movies i want to like see someone like oiled up in like a tank top being like he he's 
Or it's his, like it's his, it's his time. He know what he knows what he did. <laughs> it's like that's what I did. Do you, did you see how long it took me to like come up with that line? That's why I get noted so hard on my scripts. I, that's why I it get took noted. a while, and I appreciate it that it was just so simple. <laughs> that's like literally. That's I. I'm like yeah. The, my scripts get noted like crazy, and literally the description is like he um he is going um to uh in the car, and I think the car's red. I'm not. I haven't figured it out yet. No, well, let's just figure it out in post. <laughs> if the car, what color the car is? No, I yeah. I'm a I'm an appreciator now. I think more, especially like in lockdown, watching a ton of like watching a million movies and being like, oh, Mm -hmm. I guess that was probably like a crazy, a crazy like setup for them to get that shot or whatever. I like to think about crazy setups. And then when someone exits the scene, I'm like, they're probably standing behind a bookshelf (laughs) right now or crouched down real low to stay out of the shot. Yeah, they're like waiting. And that makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) Real quick, we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com and you ly.com that's newly with two u's and enter the code date me 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month that's n-u-u-l-y.com newly with two u's with code date me 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. 
Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. What were we talking about before we started talking about the Fast and the Furious movies? That casting people assume that people are white if it's not noted in the in the script. I mean, that's been like such. Well, we were saying that it was insidious, and then it went into ah yes, that's where I mean. I think it is really like the most egregious part. Or like, I guess genre for me with that is like fantasy and like sci-fi because it's like yes, uh, there's so many like sci-fi like series in the fantasy series where everyone is white in a way that I'm like, this mm-hmm. is the one genre where literally everything is made up and like it's like in in like Star Wars like one of the Star Wars movies, it's like <laughs> Donnie Yen is in it and he's literally, they're all aliens. They're all like out in outer space yes. and his character is like 
Donnie Yen, he's Asian, so he's a kung fu monk. In with in yeah. space, I'm like he could literally be like <laughs> anything, and it's like he's Asian, so he's gonna do kung fu, and I'm like, it's just like I think too, like there's so much sci-fi movies about like aliens and stuff where it'll be like a shot of like a desert on an alien planet and they're playing like throat singing or like Arab music like that's alien and I'm Mm -hmm. like that's like yeah it's fucking wild I've I've been watching Lord of the Rings there are zero black people in any of them I just watched the first one there's literally in that franchise there are like 70 speaking roles and they're all like white English actors. It's so wild to me. I had that issue um, doing sketch comedy. Like I was at a pretty white institution and people weren't writing for me on my sketch team. And I was like, why? We're playing dragons and made up shit. Like this isn't real life. But also in real life, there's black people doing things. There's people, there's tons of people doing shit. And I like asked to get moved teams and was moved to a team where like I ran into the same thing. It was just, it's really, it was, it was very disheartening that even in like silly comedy sketches, I had to, I had one line and I was never the lead of it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like it's people's imaginations are conditioned. So like in a way that they're just like, Oh, I guess, I guess not. It's like literally like going through exercises in, writers rooms where we're like okay so like imagine like imagine a a woman lawyer and it's like how do you cast her and it's like um i would think like naomi watts or like rachel vice or like it's like just people Mm -hmm. rattling it's just like such a Mm -hmm. it feels like it it would be like an easy fix to just be like okay it's this lady she's kind of like part lizard and she's from <laughs> she lives in the sun and but she it, mm-hmm. we, we're thinking we're thinking so, wait, so she lives in the sun so her skin is alabaster she, white Florence Pugh kind of lived oh, yeah yes, when Florence I think Pugh. lizard that lives in the sun I think Florence Pugh I think maybe like even Kai Berger Kai Gerber give her a shot at acting which is cool Ooh, this is a person I don't know Kai, Kai Gerber. Gerber is um is Cindy Crawford's model daughter Oh, how interesting! It's, it's what's her name? Kaya Gerber. What an, is she heiress to the Gerber fortune? I don't know, but I'm just gonna say yes. Mm, okay, I like to know that. I'm gonna say it would be it would be a miracle if she wasn't. <laughs> I have a question. So, in auditions, rather earlier in my career, actually, it's happened a couple times uh, as of recent. But I've had casting directors be like, "Be blacker, be sassier." Is there code words when people are like, "Can you act more trans?" I saw a sketch. I think that. Was like you auditioning? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like a, a while ago. That was really great. Mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily in auditions. Uh, so I think I the one thing I'll pride myself on, and it's it's a weird like nuanced thing because there are so few roles for written where like trans actors are seen. If you're not like cis passing, like Mm -hmm. if you can't, if you don't just like look like you could play a cis woman, then the options for you are dwindled down so much that it's like, oh, you can only 
you know, really audition for certain parts. But even in parts written for trans women, they want like model esque. Hmm. So it's like it's it's like the industry is deeply flawed, of course. Um, yes. But like it's usually like in the script. When I said the when I brought up like the thing that I pride myself on, I guess, or the one thing I'm like proud of the, about like sticking to my guns is that I've gotten a lot of like bad scripts for trans characters that I've said mm-hmm. no to because they're like there's a part where it's like she's she's at the airport and the TSA is giving her a hard time and she's like can I please get my ID back and they're like oh, you're you're a dude and she lowers her voice and she says oh, no. I said give me my ID back <laughs> oh, no. and it's like it's so fucking lame. Oh and boy! It's just like, I, and it's all—it's never like if a trans person writes that and has like the agency to like, and they're telling their story, great. But it's mm-hmm. never been trans writers writing that for in the scripts that I've said no to. It's always been like a cis person being like, "I'm gonna write a brave trans character." And kind of like <laughs> she's always talking about her cock and balls being itchy, and it's just unapologetic. And it's like. It's like when oh when I said like the new when I I'm so scatterbrained I when, when I said okay. that like I brought up the nuance of it it's like there are so few roles that like trans actors get seen for that I don't fault like transgender actors for taking those roles or auditioning for those roles it's like get paid like get yeah. get a job get your foot in the door honestly like and like the onus of responsibility is on these like people who are writing these shitty stories to like do more research and like not write stories that with that aren't really for them it's like if you want to tell a story about someone who lives uh has like a different lived experience and you buy demographic you need to like pay a consulting producer and mm-hmm. like really like get authentic you know, information from someone who has that lived experience and pay them for it and, like, not just guess. Not be like, oh, yeah, she's, like, there's a whole scene where her, like, her tuck comes undone on the bus and she's worried because people can start to see how huge her dick is. <laughs> it's, like, which, actually, like, don't take that because I am right. I'm actually going to, that was an amazing idea and I'm writing it into. Oh, oh okay, because I had written it down and I was, like, well, I'm talking to you, so I, obviously I can have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I am getting paid almost three and a half million dollars to do this podcast, so. You are. I pay very well. It's really, I mean, I, it's, it's, I'm not working after this. I'm just going straight <laughs> to Mykonos and I'm gonna live there live off the rest of my life there oh say hi to Lindsay Lohan for me yeah I I will I will she's she's still DJing still Ugh, she's just incredible to think about poised to become a very very big star and she said no thank you I have other plans I mean I think I just feel so much I guess empathy for Disney child actor kids who get eviscerated. Like the it's like not only does the industry seem to eviscerate them, it's like it is an absolute miracle if any one of those like child actors come out with like any like perspective or mm-hmm. they come away feeling like like their their sanity is like intact in some regard because it really feels like 
a lot of these child actors too have like crazy parents that like fuck them over too so it's like the industry is is evil fucks them over destroys and scrambles their brain and then their parents are also like fucking like whacking off to how much money they're making off of like abusing their child Mm -hmm. into this like psycho industry and it's like yeah that person has no chance in hell of like not being crazy yeah if you don't have anyone advocating for you it's very hard to succeed and like come out well adjusted I don't want to say all parents are bad and wild but like it takes like a a specific person to be like, I am dedicating my adult life to carting my kid around from audition to audition to sit on set. And then to say, yes, someone can scream fuck in my kid's face. That's okay. Or yes, my kid can do this where it's like, maybe I wouldn't allow my kid who wasn't an actor to do it. It's very, it's, it's very curious. I truly think that we've reached a point in technology where child acting should be illegal. Like, if they can take, (laughs) if they can fucking (laughs) take, like, Michael Douglas and, like, Ant-Man or whatever and put so much, like, computer animation on his Mm -hmm. face, he looks, like, 25. And it's like, they can take a human body and shrink it down and then animate a kid's face onto an adult's face and just have them do the performance. Because, like, I've watched, like, so many movies in lockdown where there's like really young kid actors and especially in like horror movies yes. and stuff. It's like, it's like at that age, I know, you know that you're playing, but it's like, I got traumatized by watching TV mm-hmm. when I was like a kid. And I'm like, I wonder if you're on set with like this giant fake monster that's like spewing blood and you're like a four year old <laughs> kid who's supposed to be like crying. Uh-huh. It's like, that has to be like, imprinting on you in some way and i I don't think it's more real than people realize (laughs) yeah i mean there there has to be like a forum for child stars to talk about like their onset trauma or whatever did you see the babadook i've never seen the babadook but i know that there is a person with a white face and a top hat maybe Mm -hmm. i i think it's like an amazing amazing movie if you like insidious i think you should definitely watch the babadook it's like okay the kid the child actor in it is i think he was six when they shot the movie mm-hmm. and he is like so incredible in it but i think it's it's the movie he's like screaming and crying the whole time and i'm like there's no way a kid is like not feeling the because they were like he was an incredible improviser <laughs> and I was like, he's just oh, actually no. crying, I think. I think he's, as his, like, he's getting, like, yanked around the room. It's like, I'm oh, sure no. he's actually just crying. Oh, boy. So, again, an amazing film. I love to see a just gorgeous amazing, child improviser. stunning, improvising, crying, and drama. <laughs> That's so wild. Like, I have you seen Hereditary? Yeah. That one was fucked up for me. Yeah. And that girl, the like, I don't know how old she was when she shot it. Spoiler, if you haven't seen Hereditary, I'm gonna spoil it. But when they were like, all right, stick your head out the window. Like, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen to it. I feel like as a child, I'd be like, wait, 
what? <laughs> yeah. I like. Happen. I love the idea of them like in that shooting that movie, and they actually like did it. They like were like, okay, we're gonna drive really fast, and you're gonna stick your head out the window, and then we're gonna donk it on a telephone pole. Yeah, and you might be okay, you might not be, and uh, we're gonna use the footage either way. <laughs> the sag rep is like, hey, just checking in, making sure you are comfortable with what's about to happen. You're about to get in the car. Hey, just checking in. I mean, immediately. As we're talking about this, I'm like, I'm gonna get change my career path and I'm gonna become like a child rep on like <laughs> sets and like make sure kids aren't experiencing real trauma. I'm a trauma rep for children on uh, SAG sets. I mean, I don't think that's a bad idea. I do think uh, for like harder shit that kids should be like in the budget, it should be like, here's a therapist that you can talk to. Yeah. And you can talk about if this experience was good or not. It doesn't go back to the studio. This is truly for you. I think that would be a dream for kids. I think kids would, kid, kids would really like that. Hey, if you're a kid listening to Why Won't You Date Me, let me know. Let <laughs> me know if that's something you like. It's like the LA, the LA Cars for Kids commercial. <laughs> it's like, but it's the, I guess, not Cars for Kids. It's like 1877. Trauma helping for the kids. <laughs> it's, I Whenever I hear that commercial, I'm like, who are these kids and why do they need cars? I know. We should not be putting kids in cars because you know what they're going to do. They're going to Fast and Furious race. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to drive under trucks. They're going <laughs> to drive off cliffs. They're going to jump out of the car. They're going to hang on to edges. It's going to be too much. They're going to wear white tank tops and low-rise jeans. I, growing up, had a huge crush on Vin Diesel and I would cut his bald head out of magazines and I made a collage on my desk with him. <laughs> I, wow, the desk collage. Was it just like a glue stick or was it tape or something? It was something? tape. I, my mother would have murdered me, just wow. murdered me if I had taped stuff to her uh, brushed white wood furniture set she had gotten me. I, that is like, that is so so anchoring i the first sex dream i ever had was about vin diesel really yeah i used to i used to like talk about it on i like i've I've talked i didn't used to talk about it i've talked about it on stage like two different times and it always like the audience is like dead silent (laughs) i'm telling it because i think it's funny (laughs) but they're like so uncomfortable at the idea because i was like i think it was like seven or eight Maybe Mm -hmm. it was like when Fast and Furious like had come out because that was the first movie I saw with him in it. Mm -hmm. And it was like so I was a child and I had this dream that um, I was having dinner with like my mom and my older sister. And then Vin Diesel like walked in my sister's house and he was like, I'm ready to pick you up. And my family was like, yay, have fun. And then (laughs) we go into my mom's van in the driveway and we both take off all our clothes. And I don't know what sex is at all. Like, mm-hmm. I have no percep- perception of what sex is. So it was just, like, kissing and, mm. like, kissing <laughs> and, like, licking my face. He's, like, licking my face. Like, that was, like, what I thought was, like, sexy Honestly, as, like, a seven-year-old was, like, just I someone licking my forehead. Now. I would let yeah. him do it. <laughs> I would let 100% let him lick my forehead. There is a Vin Diesel short film I cannot remember the name of it, but it is African American, I think is what it's called. African American. It is, I, I still believe, still on YouTube. It is a short film that he made about be, not being black enough. And he does this monologue in it. And 
if memory serves me correct, because I saw it like years and years ago with my friend Tessie, because she's that, Vin, I think, is her like celebrity past with her husband. But I remember it being not good, but also incredibly good. So I think you should watch it. Wow. And wait, so what, what are the, what's the criteria for that specific judgment? I don't know. So, okay. It's like a pretty decent story. He like goes into an audition and, oh, I can't remember the beginning of it. I need to rewatch it. But I think the criteria is the words aren't great. The performance is pretty good, but that together, elevating the material, I think makes it bad and good at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that truly is like, I'm pointing at you. I don't know why I'm pointing at you. Like, that truly is. The, uh, I think about, like, movies like these big franchises that are that have some of the worst dialogue of all time mm-hmm. in them. And, like, like, Pretty Little Liars or, like, you know, these shows, these teen shows, Fast and Furious. These actors have to say some of, like, the dumbest the shit dumbest I've ever shit. heard. And it only hit me in like the last few years where I was like, that is kind of a feat. If you can like huge talent deliver those lines and like make it believable Mm -hmm. when it's like, like literally like a 31 year old woman being like, mom is not going to like that. I wasn't waiting outside for her after volleyball practice. It's like, (laughs) it's like if you can sell that, like you're an amazing actor. Great Mm -hmm. job. There's moments of Magic Mike where I think Channing Tatum is a great actor. He's a good actor. He works a lot. But there's a couple of chunks of dialogue where I'm like, that was the best take. This is <laughs> this can't be. This can't I haven't be. seen it. I wanna I get that from him. Magic Mike is a very fun ride. It is a it feel it has like an indie feel, but like there's a very big budget. And uh what is his name? All right, all right. What is his name? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is very good in it. Um I thoroughly liked it. Magic Mike 2 was an unnecessary movie. I was deeply mm. disappointed because I just it didn't it didn't feel like the heart was there like in the first one. I felt like it was Channing's passion project. Also, I don't know any of these things. I'm really philosophizing how I felt about Magic Mike. <laughs> I mean, it it all of that as someone who has not seen any of it, that sounds like it's true. <laughs> Ooh, I have a question. To go back to dating real quick, are mm-hmm. there trans dating sites or no? Um, I think I don't I mean, I think there are. I don't use them. I Mm. haven't, like, I haven't. So I started estrogen taking, like, hormone replacement um, a couple of weeks ago. And it has really, like, uh, made me a lot less horny. Like, I was frustratingly horny, like, all through lockdown, like, in, like, super depressed and like very just kind of like angry and sad so it was like being horny all the time i think exacerbated those feelings because it reminded me that i didn't have anybody um to like raw dog Mm -hmm. with me um and so since i've like started hormone replacement i'm like a lot mellower and i haven't been really using the apps so Mm. i Cause I'm like just not thinking about it as much. I still feel like lonely and stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm also just like, I am so kind of like 
and and this is this is not like a dick thing and innuendo. I'm at half mass emotionally and energy wise, <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> I just don't feel like I have the ability right now to offer someone kind of like the fun flirty side of me that I would if mm-hmm. I was like first starting to try and like date other people and like I right now I'm like I don't think I can be like chipper and exciting to like. Uh, meet a new enough to meet a new person mm-hmm. uh so i'm kind of finding peace in not exploring more dating apps at least for right now i definitely mm-hmm. like you know i'm tired of i was going on a lot of dates pre-lockdown and i've been on like a couple of social distance dates in lockdown how were they um, I did like I've done like a couple of Zoom dates and then okay. I went on a couple of walks and it's just like feels it just feels weird because it's mm. like I am not, I haven't eaten out yet I haven't like eaten on a patio of a restaurant yet I don't feel comfortable enough to do that at right now I I like order a lot of food mm-hmm. but I it was it was weird and it wasn't like ideal it feels like especially if you're walking you're not really facing each other and like in my neighborhood there's not really like there's a park but there's not like a ton of places to sit and it's also like it's like we're in the middle of a heat wave and it's like there's the fires so the smoke in LA is so fucked up it's like Mm -hmm. a really bad time to be outside (laughs) and inside so just like not not ideal and I'm just like not I don't think having a mask on is hard too because you're like trying to emote Mm-hmm. And be flirty, and it's like you have to be like, I'm smiling under this mask, big horny boy. I'm licking my lips under this mask, big sexy mister. It's like a nightmare. Yeah, it sounds bad, but I think I want to do an in person date soonish. I yeah. think that's what I'm like gearing up to because I'm so horny. Although I did open this episode by saying I fell asleep with a vibrator on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I'm just like hungry for human touch. It really like I have, I mean, I've been really forward and like open about being like, I'm would love a situation where I could find someone who like, I know is being safe. Who's a, mm-hmm. like you know, getting tested when they need to and um, isn't seeing a bunch of other people and that I can trust and then we can raw dog. Mm-hmm. I'm raw dog. I'm I'm being, I'm joking. You know, use No, production. no, you mean raw use dog. Use Raw um, dogs. Raw dogs. Raw hot dogs. Just <laughs> pa- eating a ton <laughs> of raw hot dogs together. Just slap me in the face with a raw hot dog. <laughs> um I've always been like, you have to get tested before we hang out because it's like mm-hmm. meeting new people is hard because it's like people lie. People will lie yeah. on apps to like fuck and that sucks. And you never even there's people that are like good liars and like sociopaths. So it's like uh, I've just been like pretty thorough about it. And I have like I think it's possible to communicate like I would love to like be able to hook up with someone like not just like, you know go on like a date and never touch someone again because I've had a couple of people like that or like earlier in lockdown that I was like talking to that from like hinge or whatever on dating apps and it was just like very quick to like fizzle out because you're not 
It's like, I don't want to do, like, sexting, really. I'm not super into that. Yeah, sexting, uh, I think, is depressing. Yeah, like, sexting and video stuff, and then just, like, knowing people who have gotten, like, their photos and stuff, like, put online, and I'm like, it's not worth the risk to me. Also, I don't like getting dressed up to go to my living room. I don't want to get dressed up to video chat someone. I want to get dressed yeah. up, get in my car, and go somewhere. If you're going to get dressed up, it's to have, like, some guy tear it off with his boner, right? Ugh, that's all I want. Someone's boner to rip my shirt off and rip someone's my pants ra- down. <laughs> They've got, like, a box cutter <laughs> yeah. for a boner. And, like, and it's, oh, like, slicing sharp. your clothes off. Will that hurt me? <laughs> well... Patty, we've come to the end. And I asked this question. I truly, I just interviewed Mitra before you, and I forgot to ask her this. So I'm going to make her answer it in a voice note. But uh, <laughs> <so> I, <laughs> I usually ask people this. Would you date me? Um, I, I'm not gay, but I would date you if I was into women. Hey, I'll take it yes that's where i'm at right now i'll take it um (laughs) do you have anything you want to promote uh um the i want to promote the the healthy and respectful treatment of child actors on the sets of film and television (laughs) productions honestly i really like that i think that's a great thing to promote i think that's wonderful Well, if you like this episode of Oh, Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can subscribe, you can give me five stars on Apple Podcasts. I've been seeing iTunes for the last two years, and it was just brought to my attention that it's (laughs) Apple Podcasts. Oh, everyone (laughs) thinks it's iTunes. It doesn't matter if Apple Podcasts is correct. Everyone thinks it's iTunes. Don't let people shame you into a corner patty thank you yeah leave me a review on itunes uh and if you (laughs) dm me send me something nasty uh, i will read it so this person said nicole love the podcast here's a nasty for you i want to empty a can of whipped cream into your puss and put a cherry on top before i eat you out like a chocolate cream puff oh thank you so much (laughs) 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 what (laughs) what Oh my my god! My favorite part about reading these is watching my guest's face change. (laughs) You got so upset about (laughs) Okay, uh, bye bye. has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.